Well, it wasn't the start you were looking for in Arlington. We'll look back to what the State Farm College Baseball Showdown held for the Red Raiders and look ahead to the Houston Baptist Huskies coming to town for the home opening weekend. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome to Dinger Derby. The official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com. The only website completely devoted to Texas Tech baseball. Join Keith Patrick twice a week for team news, guests, ranking updates, and game reports. We'll be hitting taters with the Red Raiders from opening weekend all the way through Omaha. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome into Dinger Derby, my friends. This is the only podcast devoted 100% to Texas Tech Red Raider Baseball, the official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com. If you haven't gotten over to Red Raider Dugout, go check that out. Very excited about what we have going on over there. We'll have content for you every week as we look into games and recap them as well. Randy Rosetta will have another on deck for you coming for the Houston Baptist Huskies, and we'll recap those games as well. We're going to look back a little bit at the weekend and what it had to offer for Texas Tech. Of course, you know the struggles that they had walking into that weekend. Most teams had those struggles as well, but Texas Tech had not seen a baseball field in eight days prior to that because of Snowvid and all of the weather that came along with a difficult week. Texas Tech was practicing indoors, according to Coach Tadlock, from the previous Thursday. So they didn't see a baseball diamond until they got to Globe Life Field on Friday and had their allotted practice time there. On Saturday, it was the night game. They faced off with the number eight Arkansas Razorbacks. Rematch of 2019's College World Series game. Tech came from behind in that one to get the W, but did not get it done on Saturday against Arkansas. They had an opportunity there, and you had a great start from Patrick Monteverdi, the first first appearance in a Red Raider uniform. Monteverdi, a transfer from Seton Hill University. Seton Hill, it's been reported by national media, it's a Division three school. I believe it's actually a Division two school. Monteverdi started his college career at Virginia Wesleyan. That is a Division three. went on to Seton Hill, and then When he entered his name into the transfer portal, he's a guy as a left-handed pitcher that had really built himself up through his college career. He received interest from 38 Division I programs, many of them power programs, and he chose to come to Texas Tech. He had four innings pitched, only allowed one hit, no runs, two walks. He had five Ks, faced 15 batters in that one. So nice start for the season for Patrick Monteverdi. Looking forward to seeing him in this rotation and what – the year will have to hold for him. But it was not the same story as you look to your next three relievers. Brandon Birdsell only made it through two-thirds of an inning. Levi Wells, a third of an inning. Combined, they gave up four runs, three of those going to Wells. And Ryan Sublette came in for two innings pitched. He's not a new name on this Red Raiders roster, but he gave up four hits and four runs, all of them earned, and had a walk in there as well. He did get three strikeouts, but really struggled on the day. Hade Key was the other bright spot for the Red Raiders. It was his first appearance, the freshman. He had an inning pitched, only gave up one hit, no runs. He had a walk and a couple of Ks as well. Texas Tech walked into the latter innings of the game in a position to win 
As they went into the fifth, it was still scoreless. They gave up one to Arkansas on the top, but the Red Raiders had a five spot in the bottom of the fifth and feeling pretty good about things. And then you walk into the sixth and give up four, and it ties it up in the top of the frame to the Razorbacks. They did scratch one across in the sixth and had a one-run lead going into the seventh. Both teams put up a three-spot in their frames of the seventh inning, and so you walk into the eighth with a one-run lead, nine to eight. The eighth is scoreless on both sides, and then just to be totally honest, all hell breaks loose. Arkansas jumps all over Andrew Devine, and they put up five runs in the top of the ninth, something the Red Raiders were not able to overcome, cannot scratch any runs across in their last chance in the bottom of the ninth, and they lose it 9-13. to Tech was out hit 11-9 to on the evening. They had one error in that game, which unfortunately was one of their cleaner games of the weekend. You move on to Saturday, hoping that you'll find a better answer as you walk in with Micah Dallas, somebody that has experience both starting and out of the bullpen. You're facing number six Ole Miss, and unfortunately Ole Miss now number one in the country after their performance over the weekend. Texas Tech not able to hold them down. The Red Raiders were up two after the second inning, but then they give up a five spot again for the second day in a row to the Rebels in the bottom of the third. Ultimately, Tech loses it five to four, had multiple opportunities, left men stranded multiple times in that one. Tech finished out the day against Ole Miss with nine left stranded, but unfortunately the worst of those was in the ninth. Texas Tech was the visitor that day, and they did scratch one run across in the ninth. It was off of a RBI single to center field by Cal Conley. They work around and get the bases loaded, but unfortunately not able to close things out, and Easton Morrell flies out to end the frame and the game, and the Red Raiders lose it 5-4. to four. Did have the opportunity there. You put yourself in a position to win. That situational hitting, I think, will come along with the season, but still a disappointing loss, and Tech fell to 0-2. And then on Sunday, you face the Mississippi State Bulldogs, a team that has had your number to some extent. You had the last games of the 2020 season were – in Biloxi, meeting up with Mississippi State, basically a home series for them. And they took both of them from the Red Raiders. So you face number seven, Mississippi State. It's Mason Montgomery who gets the start, has a pretty good day. Four innings pitch, does go the four that you want to see from him, certainly at this time of year. He gave up three hits, but only one run. It was earned, two walks, two strikeouts. He faced 15 batters. But then Chase Hampton, Jamie Hitt, Chase Webster, and Derek Bridges all in relief, give up multiple hits and runs. Chase Webster gave up one hit, but multiple runs. And so it was just a frustrating performance once again by a bullpen that got knocked around all through the weekend. You know, we've talked a lot about the weather. We've talked a lot about COVID and the situations it's caused. I think one thing that hasn't been talked about a whole lot is these pitchers did not get to play summer baseball. Only a couple guys on the team in general played summer baseball. Jace Young did. Max Marshock did. Neither of those pitchers, of course. So they got some work in, but pitchers were not able to get out there and compete, keep themselves in shape. So you walk into the fall, and it's starting all over for those arms. That's something that can be very dangerous. You've already seen three Red Raider pitchers go down. Austin Becker went down in the summer and had to have a Tommy John surgery. Jacob Brostowski, Tommy John at the end of December. And then now Hunter Dobbins will be getting a Tommy John surgery fairly soon with a UCL injury as well. So 
a couple of starters and a big reliever for the Red Raiders that won't be available. And that's what Coach Tadlock and Coach Gardner are trying to avoid. They've got these guys on fairly short leashes, and you're trying to take care of them and help get those pitch counts up as they grow along. But at the end of the day, it was just a disappointing weekend. It's an 0-3 start. It's not what you wanted, even against elite competition. It's certainly not what you expected. Here's what Coach Tadlock had to say about it. Coach, obviously a rough weekend. Fans are going to want to overreact. What's the message out there just from the baseball standpoint of where the program is and where you go from here? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, really felt like to me, like almost um, this weekend felt like uh, – just didn't really know what you're going to get coming off, you know, the eight or nine days being inside. And some teams handled that better than we did. Um, does that mean their players are better? I don't think so. I think everybody has good players. I think the fundamentals of the game will um, separate you. And uh, our fundamentals weren't great this weekend. That's on me. I mean, hitting with men in scoring position reveals your approach. And – you know, the better your approach is, the better you'll hit with more committed scoring position. And, you know, I'll tell you again, that's on me. The guy's uh, approach wasn't great. That's the head man himself right after that Mississippi State loss. And, of course, taking it on himself as, as a good coach would. But I think he's also owning it because he feels that's the case. You know, Coach Tadlock told the media in his Thursday availability that he didn't feel like the Red Raiders had done anything to earn those rankings that they had gotten. Those are based on where the program is, expectations based on last season and things of that nature. And they actually hadn't played anybody yet, which is obviously true. It's the season opener. But you had other teams that just handled things better. They came in more prepared or more physically ready, and the Red Raiders just flat got outplayed. They had a lot of defensive miscues through the weekend to the tune of five errors that went on the scorebook, but you had some other defensive miscues, whether they bailed each other out or that would have resulted in outs that weren't necessarily errors, like fly outs to catcher or I specifically remember a ground ball going off of Nate Rombach's glove, and Jace Young was able to gather it in and get it back to Rombach. So he had a 3-4-3 put out, but it was still a defensive miscue, even if it wasn't an error. You just had a lot of that go on this weekend, maybe missed relay throws coming from the outfield, and you had a lot of guys moving around and getting experimented with. And I will talk about that a little bit as we expected Cal Conley to start at shortstop. Coach Tadlock told us Thursday that he would not be available. And then he did end up available, but he didn't start at shortstop. He started at third base. He ultimately did make his way back into that shortstop position and played it very well as we know that he can. Third base was a question mark. You saw multiple guys there, including Parker Kelly on Sunday, and you saw guys move around quite often in the corner outfield spots as well. You saw first base changes. Nate Rombach took over there for Cole Stilwell later in the weekend. I think you'll see more of that as the Red Raiders figure things out, and Coach Tadlock was also clear after the Mississippi State game. These guys write their own names in the lineup with what they're doing, and so I'm sure that there has been an intense week of practice, a lot of focus from that team. You have plenty of veterans on that team to get these guys locked in and focused on what they could and should be doing. But I had an interesting comment come my way, and I don't disagree with it. There just wasn't the body language of a Red Raider baseball team that you're used to seeing. And that's not to say that these guys are doing a lot of things wrong, but they're not believing 
in what they can do right. And I think that you'll find that comes with confidence in the season. They'll get confidence each, in each other. These team will gel and start to believe in each other. Pitchers will believe their defense has their back and vice versa. And I think that that's when we will start to see this team take steps forward. Texas Tech has never been a team under Tim Tadlock that starts off blazing hot and never lets down. They're a team that always grows through the season. They get better and better as they go along. Don't forget that 2019 was the last time you lost your season opener. That was at home to Oregon. And that was Caleb Killian who started that game and ended up being nails for you through the season. So lots of baseball left to play. And, you know, I know that the gnashing of teeth isn't too bad out there, but just remember, folks, it's a long season sport and there's still a lot of time for this team to improve and get better. And I believe this is the coaching staff that can help them do it. There's a ton of talent there and there's a ton of young guys, particularly arms that will just need a little bit of seasoning as they grow along. Let's be clear, though, folks. I was sitting there in the ballpark watching the action this weekend, and I'll tell you, it was ugly. It wasn't the Red Raider baseball brand that you expect to see or that you want to see, especially against high-level competition. Most of the Big 12 teams struggled all weekend long. The SEC teams seem to be a bit more prepared. I don't really have an answer for that other than looking at some of the circumstances that everyone had to deal with. But at the end of the day, I do believe, and I'm not trying to pump sunshine for you. I just believe that this team will grow and get better. And I believe in the staff that's going to make that happen. So let's look ahead a little bit. You've got your home opener coming up on Friday. I know that some of you probably got bad news this week as well as far as tickets go, and so I know that can be tough, and and I'm right there with you as far as a season ticket holder and what I was able to get and not get, but we have to understand, I think, that this athletic department's doing the best they can, and there's positive movement as the capacity at Dan Law Field at Rip Griffin Park is going to be at 50%, and there is an opportunity as the season goes along and COVID numbers stay low for that number to grow as well. And I know that I have heard through the grapevine also that Kirby Hocutt and President Skuvenek both want to get as many people in these facilities as they can. And that's not just financial. That's a matter of serving fans as best they can. So know that the desire is there and they're going to do the best that they can based on what's safe and what they're able to do right now. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, you can look ahead to On Deck. It'll be coming before every game that Texas Tech plays. Randy Rosetta will have that one for you. Looking ahead to that opponent, the starter, broadcast information will be included there as well. But as you look at the Houston Baptist Huskies coming into Lubbock for the three-game weekend series, there has been a change already as the Friday game, the home opener for the Red Raiders, unfortunately was moved from the 6.30 p.m. first pitch that we expected into the workday at 2 p.m. That's because of some cold weather coming in Friday night. The rest of the games of the weekend were already afternoon games, and I would suspect that this is in large part a move to protect arms, and it's very dangerous for pitchers, especially early season, to be out there throwing in the extreme cold. So they moved that Friday first pitch up to 2 o'clock. Saturday will also be at 2. Sunday will be at 1 p.m. against Houston Baptist. This is a team that you've had in Dan Lawfield at Rip Griffin Park before, and frankly a team that you should be able to beat pretty handily, although when you look back to their season opening weekend, they went on the road to Rice, so just across town in Houston, and they actually won the Friday game 8-7 to over the Rice Owls there at Reckling Park. On Sunday, they lost 3-9, to and Monday they made it very interesting and only lost it one nothing 
to the Rice Owls. And they scored that one run in the ninth. So a walk-off win by Rice. It was a single to center field for the Owls. So I think it's a Houston Baptist team that may be a little saltier than you've seen in the past. But you have a Texas Tech team who is far beyond in talent. But you can bet that the Red Raiders will get their best shot, as Texas Tech always does. That's where your program sits now. You're going to get everybody's best shot as an opportunity to make a name for themselves. You've seen it all through the weekend. If you're a college baseball fan, more generally, tons and tons of upsets happening this weekend. UCLA, the number two team in the country, number one in some services, was upset by the San Francisco Dons in their own house. Florida, the number one team in the country, basically unanimous, was upset by number 14 to 20 Miami. That's a rivalry series, but Florida took the first one and couldn't get it done, melting down the rest of the way. And Miami wins their first series over the Florida Gators since 2014. So there's a lot of that going on around baseball. A lot of teams surprising folks. Texas A&M lost a midweek game on Tuesday of this week to Abilene Christian at Bluebell Park in College Station. And so it's happening all over the place. And Texas Tech certainly needs to take some steps forward, play some cleaner baseball if they want to make sure that it's not happening to them in their own house on their home opening weekend. As far as the Huskies starting rotation, at least what we've seen out of their one weekend so far, if it holds true, Tyler Zarella got the Friday night start for the Huskies at Rice. He went five innings pitched. He gave up five hits and four runs. But Daxton Tinker and Andrew Reitmeyer came in in relief and played for the other five, allowing three runs between them. And I did say the other five as that 8-7 win for the Huskies over Rice was in extras. The Huskies took the lead in the top of the 10th and Rice not able to answer to fall to 0-1. They did end up taking the series from the Huskies, however, but definitely a win on the road that's a big one for Houston Baptist. On that Saturday game where HBU lost 9-3, that one was a start by Jacob Coates. He had six hits and three runs allowed in his five-inning start. It was Blake, Bolgiano, Jared Birch, and Brennan Bales that were all in relief for the Huskies there. Birch got knocked around pretty good, three hits for five runs. They were all earned as well. And so your two potential starters there, Tyler Zarella and then Jacob Coates. And the third of those in that Sunday game that ended up being so tight, it was Austin Spinney. He went six innings pitched, four hits, no runs, two walks, two Ks. He had 81 total pitches in his six innings. Jordan Powell, Daxton Tinker once again, and Andrew Reitmeyer once again came in in relief to close things out, but ultimately HBU not able to get the W. So there are your potential starters and some of the names that you'll be hearing over the weekend as far as the pitching rotation and relief goes. And then when you look at their offensive statistics right now, they're led by Sebastian Trinidad. He's batting 500. He's played in all three games. He's had 10 ABs. He's got five hits and two runs over that time. He's walked once. Walk leader on the team is Trent Fransom with a couple of those for the Huskies. Nathan Soriano hitting a 364 so far. Four hits in his 11 ABs. One of those is a triple. He's got four ribbies. No home runs yet by this Huskies team. The Red Raiders were able to do some of that and scored plenty of their own 
over the weekend, just not able to do it when they needed it to get the wins. Only other extra base hits so far by this Huskies team is Jake Miller. He's hitting 333, has four hits, four runs, and a double to his name. And Christian Dumont batting 600. He's only played in two of their three games. He's had five ABs, three hits, two runs, and one of his was a double as well. So not a lot to know yet about these teams as we look ahead to them, but there's definitely going to be some baseball in Lubbock this weekend, and that's what really matters. When you look at this Houston Baptist series, and I check on the Texas Tech schedule, all of the TV broadcast information actually has been updated now. So you can see all the games that will be on Big 12 now, ESPN+, and it looks like just about every home game will be available on ESPN+. That includes both Texas Southern games, all of the Houston Baptist series. You'll have the Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic. Those will be available on AT&T Sportsnet Southwest from Minute Maid Park. All three of those, Red Raiders will play Texas State, Sam Houston, and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. As I look through the season here, every home series appears to be televised, and several away series as well, the majority of those Big 12 series should be televised. West Virginia currently has not been picked up. Neither has the non-conference game against Oklahoma at Hodgetown in Amarillo. You also do not have broadcast information yet on TV for the series at the University of Texas, but I would expect that one would be picked up as well. No broadcast information at Oklahoma yet either. But you can look on that schedule at texastech.com and see those. We'll get all of that broadcast information added to our schedule over at redraiderdugout.com for you as well. You can head to that schedule. You can see recaps linked in of every game as well as find those on our news page. And if you ever have any suggestions about the site or something you're looking for, would like to see, feel free to email us. You can go to the masthead. There's contact information for all of us there. You can also always hit us up on Twitter at Red Raider Dugout. I'm at Keith B. Patrick on Twitter. Randy at Randy Rosetta. Gus at Gus26. And George Watson at TTU George. That's J-O-R-G-E. We sure do appreciate you folks helping out getting Red Raider Dugout going. If you're just finding Dinger Derby or Red Raider Dugout for the first time, thanks so much for being a part of what we're doing. We have one goal. It's to be here to provide you news about Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. That's what we're here for. We want it to be high-quality, professional coverage of the Red Raiders. That's our whole mission in doing this thing. So we hope you're enjoying it. Please interact with us. Go follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, at Red Raider Dugout. Follow those of us that are contributing to this thing, and always feel free to reach out if you have any questions, concerns, needs, or otherwise. Looking forward to bringing you more, and things will grow as we go, but it's an exciting time. It always is for Red Raider baseball. Things are starting. We're finally going to get some games in Lubbock. Looking forward to them. We'll be at 50% capacity at least for a while, but hang in there, folks. Normal is coming once again. We'll talk to you again soon. Be back in your feed after this Houston Baptist series. You can catch up with everything on RedRaiderDugout.com as Randy will have the on-deck posts for you as well as the post-game posts as he recaps each game. We'll talk to you again soon. Until then, be good. We'll see you around the ballpark, I hope, and wreck them. Thanks for tuning in to Dinger Derby and sharing our love for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. You can connect with Keith on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Red Raider Dugout. And find more great tech baseball coverage at redraiderdugout.com. 
Help us out by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Keith will be back soon with another episode of Dinger Derby. And until then, Wreck'em Tech. Keep your hand on your gun. Don't you trust anyone. There's just one kind of man that you can trust. That's a dead man or a gringo like me. Be the first one to fire. Every man is a liar. There's just one kind of man who tells the truth. That's a dead man or a gringo like me. 